So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So this one's gonna be another one from James Clear or just a James Clear article. So yeah, I hope it's gonna be a good one as well. But um, I do not actually have a new article yet uh, because I'm just really willing you to just show you this website and to show you where um, you can find those articles where I usually kind of find the articles that I'm going to use or that I'm using and whatsoever because I think this might be valuable to you or this might be good for you. Um, so yeah, I think everything is fine. The window is a little small. Yeah, everything is fine. So there you can see, there you have the best article section. There is some text. I don't know what it's all about. I think I have read it once. So there, um, these are the best articles by category. And I usually go down a little bit and there you can see the life lessons section. Uh, I'm normally in this section, so I normally just click on it, and there you can see all these uh, all these articles that I'm already uh, that I already went through, like uh, Joseph Brodsky and um, this ones. I think I've actually not gone through yet. Uh, the Shadow Side of Greatness, which is featuring uh, Pablo Picasso, then uh, Martha Graham, Living a Meaningful Life by uh, Nikhil Nicholson or Nichelle Nichols, um, which is actually the girl from Star Trek, so the black girl from Star Trek, and also a very, 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 very great article. Um, so basically all of these articles that are just pretty much in the top kind of, or from famous creators, are really good, and you know, I've all enjoyed them, I guess, but I think I haven't gone through a famous biologist one yet. Maybe I should even go through this one today. Yeah, I guess so. Because I, I really hope and I really think that, that I haven't gone through this yet. And it might be great. You know, the title is somehow great. You know, James Clear, um, just compared to maybe the TED Talks or the ideas.ted.com website, he's just having very, very great titles. You know, pretty catchy titles titles that, um, but also just really kind of talk about something that is in the text. The problem with the ideas.ted.com website is that uh, most often those titles aren't, are, are really not great. Like they're really not catchy. They really don't kind of just come across as, okay, you know, you should read this whole article because it is great. With his titles, it's, it's actually the case. Like, okay, I want to read the fucking article because it sounds great. So yeah, I think we're going through famous biologist Louis Agus on the usefulness of learning through observation. Um, so as far as I know, at least, learning through observation is actually called osmosis, um, which actually has been a case for a lot, or actually for a long time, to be honest, because the case is just a few years ago, or just osmosis, so learning by observation has just been a thing that's that's always been a thing actually like just you know if you just maybe kind of think back to the middle age or something people there have just been learning through observation just learning your father doing the smith work or something they have just been uh, observing just the other people and it's still the case like um 
well, I think in school it's just still the same thing. Like when the teacher, for example, in maths, is just writing some formulas onto the blackboard and, and he's just going through this kind of calculation whatsoever and everyone just, you know, writes everything down and everything everyone just learns through quite his explanation and him or her actually going through the calculation or going through the exercise himself or herself. So I think basically it's, it has always been a thing, you know, and therefore, you know, the thing is, I'm just thinking whether it is just good because of this reason or whether it is just somehow outdated and or bad for this reason. The thing is, I guess, for a lot of people, it will work. And for a lot of people, it, it hopefully is working because, well, you know, it's it's our system or it seems to be our system, at least, I think, Um so if just most of the people actually aren't able to kind of learn this way, it would be dumb and it would be just really fucked up because then you can say, okay, the majority of the people aren't learning just in the best way they could in school, only because of the system we are having and only because of the way um, we get taught things. And this then would be bad. But yeah, um, let's actually see what she's saying because I think that egg is... Uh, or Louis Agus. Is Louis Agus a man or a woman? Let's actually look that up. By the way, I'm not playing World of Warships, I guess it's called. I don't know why it's always there. I, I really fucking don't. Um, I hope this is the right one because it seems to be the case that. Uh, yeah. okay this way so this article is about the swiss american biologist and geologist for the american uh, ornithologist illustrator and artist c louis oh there's an illustrator and artist as well who is actually called louis agassiz or yeah agassiz agassiz yes fuertes oh so um louis agassiz or actually agassiz um, is born in Switzerland um, in 1807, so 1807, and died in December the 14th, 1873, by the age of 66 in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is really not that old. And he had the United States citizen uh, or citizenship actually. Um. <laughs> Known for polygenism. Polygenism. Polygenism is a theory of human origins which possess, which persists the view that the human races are are of different origins. Polygenesis. This view is opposite to the idea of monogenism, which possess, persists uh, a single origin of humanity. Modern scientific views no longer favor the polygenic model with the monogenic out of Africa theory and its variants being the most widely accepted models for human origin. The out of Africa theory. Aren't we all out of Africa? I guess not. Maybe, yeah, okay, it's it's a theory. So basically, nobody knows exactly whether it is true or whether it is not true, whether it's right, whether it's not right. Who the fuck knows? But yeah, uh, so Louis Agassiz, the famous Swiss biologist, placed a fish specimen on a table in front of his postgraduate student. Yet another story. You know, it is very interesting that 
James Clear often is just starting his articles with a story, with a narrative, with something like this, which is definitely something that I enjoy. You know, I really enjoy this because I somehow learn through stories just, or I just kind of memorize things through stories and our narratives just pretty well. And that's only a sunfish, the student said. I know that, Agassiz replied. He continued, write a description of it. Find out what you can with find out what you can without damaging the specium specimen. When I think that you have done the work, I will question you. Louis Agassiz and the power of observation. The student wrote for nearly an hour until he felt confident that he knew nearly all uh, all there was to know about this particular fish. Much to the student's frustration, however, Louis Agassiz did not return to see him that day. His teacher did not come the next day either, for the entire week that followed. Eventually, the student realized Agassiz's game. The teacher wanted him to observe the fish more deeply. Because, you know, while I was going through this this, this small kind of paragraph, um, I was a little bit stuck in my fucking head or something, um, because he said, when I think that you have done the work, I will question you. And, and somehow the student kind of misinterpreted that and thought, okay, when I'm ready, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be ready and he will come or something. But I do just have to say, and also by the fact that I observe a fucking load, I really do a lot of observation because I had, you know, I'm actually in a graffiti science school. If you don't know, now you know. And we've been drawing quite a lot. And then when you're drawing something, uh, whether it be a human being, whether it be some animals, whether it be a plant, you always have to observe it. And you always have to just really look closely to just know every single shadow you have to, to, to make. You have to kind of put down every single highlight, every single structure you may have to kind of consider putting it into your artwork you just really have to have to be good at um, observing things and it is actually the case that it seems yeah it, it seems actually to be the case that not a lot of people are just really kind of observing the real world as it is you know the thing is i think they are called hard nut hard nut um i guess and if I'm looking at this, I don't know if you can just see it that clearly. I guess, yeah. Um, there is a lot of structure in there. And if you look really fucking closely, you just see, well, it is not always the same structure. Sometimes it's it's more straight lines. Sometimes, you know, especially on this kind of dark side, there is uh, more like uh, some squares or more like uh, just really wrinkled stuff. So it's just always different but but the thing is you really have to look closely and this is just something at my point of view at least that you just really have to be able to when you're drawing something or when you're trying to accurately and realistically draw something you really have to be a good observer you really have to just be good at watching stuff you know be good in observing stuff um, especially with the whole shadow thing and with the whole highlighting thing you have to just keep attention to what you're looking at um whether the things change, whatsoever, it's just really important because if you do not just observe it correctly and if you do not observe it kind of, you know, as much as you should be maybe, then uh, it's going to be not kind of realistic. And um, I think in the end result, you're going to see it as well, um, which is also kind of interesting that often you are... Actually, the thing is, I've been drawing myself once just, uh, I think it was... 
taking me 12 hours or something. Um, not in a row, so definitely not in a row. But uh, in total it took me 12 hours or I had the, I had 12 hours of time actually somehow. Yeah, never mind. The thing that I've recognized is that something that you can't see, I don't know if I've changed or if my face changed, but um, it was a portrait. Um, one side or one cheek I have is much fucking bigger and, and much more exposed and much more kind of just round than the other one. Which is quite uh, interesting. And if you're looking at me, and if I was looking at me just into the mirror or something, I haven't noticed it. But when I've just put it down as an artwork, as some pencil drawing, I've actually recognized it. And I've actually realized it. Which is uh, pretty interesting. And I think it's, it's just often the case that we realize things when we just you know put it down as a drawing, as something written or whatsoever. But yeah. So after nearly 100 hours of study, the student began to notice finer details that had escaped his vision previously. How the scales of the fish were shaped and the patterns they made, the placement of the teeth, the shape of each individual tooth, and so on. So when his teacher finally returned and the student explained all that he had learned, Agassiz replied, that's not right, and walked out of the room. Shocked and angry at first, the student eventually recommitted to, to the task with new vigor. With new vigor? Is it vigor? I think it's vigor. 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 Or vigor. Um, robustness, healthiness, good health, hardiness, strength, stamina sturdiness, fitness, good shape, and whatsoever. He threw uh, out all of his previous notes. He studied the fish for 10 hours per day for an entire fucking week. When he met with Agassiz a final time, the student had produced work that astonished. As Lewis, you know, seems to have said. And that's actually a portrait. Um, Close-up? Thanks a lot for not giving me the close-up. Um... There you have a close-up of him. Um, he looks pretty fresh, I guess. <laughs> uh, so Louis Agassiz, circa 1865, photographed by John Adams Whipple. John Adams Whipple, who doesn't know him? So the art of comparing objects. After his investigation of the sunfish, Agassiz student wrote, I had learned the art of comparing objects. How does how does this teeth compare to the next one, uh, to the next, to one next to it? How does the scale compare to the one uh, on the opposite side? How does the symmetry of the bottom half of the fish compare to the top half? And also something you do just have to consider when you're drawing something is proportions. You know, if the proportions are off, the end result is not going to be realistic. Also something that you have to just look at. Um, the art of comparing objects is a remarkably useful strategy in many areas of life. Take weightlifting, for example. For the first five years that I lifted weights, I experienced mediocre results at best. I assumed that it was information that held me back. Like many people, I thought that once I found the right workout routine, then I would be set. I was under the assumption that I simply hadn't reached the next level yet because I hadn't come across the right information. What I didn't realize was my search for the perfect pre-made formula was preventing me from observation or observing my actual results. When I started to observe with greater care and focus, I realized that my body tended to respond better to higher volume 
rather than higher intensity. I noticed that my foundational strength in major movements like the squat and deadlift was lacking. I was able to use these uh, observational discoveries to tailor my training to my needs and subsequently make much greater strides because of it. It was through comparing um, what I was doing with what was actually working for me that I made progress. Uh, by the way, I hope that it's not going to rain because I want to work out as well right after this one. Right after this recording, I think I'm gonna just head outside, work out, or I'm actually gonna stay inside. And afterwards, I would actually like to play a little soccer, shoot some balls, shoot some free kicks, you know. Um, but yeah, I think this is actually true. And I always talk about we are all individuals. And this is exactly what I mean. Like, some things will work for you, some things won't work for you. And we truly have to observe what's working for us, or just we, we truly have to... Um, we truly have to observe ourselves and see um, and see what is working for us. Because for sure, this won't work, this will work, this won't work, but this will work, and whatsoever. Like it's it's, it's gonna change up, you know. It's um, going to different. It's going to be different for you. It's going to be different for me. We are all individuals. We are actually all fucking individuals. Do the work for yourself. I never pay attention to anything by experts. I calculate everything myself. From Richard Feynman. When Richard Feynman, the brilliant physicist... Physicists... Physicist... Physicist was working on a new theory of beta decay, he noticed something surprising. For years, experts had been saying that beta or beta, I think it's beta, decay occurred in a particular particular way, but when Feynman actually ran the experiment, he kept getting a different result. Eventually, Feynman investigated the original data that all of the experts were basing their theory on and discovered that the study was flawed. For years, nobody had bothered to read or repeat the original study. All of the experts just kept quoting one, one and another and used their mutual opinions as justification for the theory. Then Feynman came along and turned everything upside simply because he did the calculations himself. He and only himself. Well, I got a pretty dry throat, I guess. Look and see for yourself. Take the facts into your own hands. Look and see for yourself. From Louis Agassiz. Pick any industry of life and you'll find that very few people actually do their work. Rather than read the original study, most people cite the headline from a secondary source. Rather than spending 100 hours observing every detail of a fish, most biology students would love uh, would look up the description of the fish online. When most people say, I read an article on climate change, what they really mean is, I read the title of an article on climate change. <laughs> this is exactly why doing the boring work more consistently is actually a competitive advantage. Ignore the expert advice and pay attention to what gets results for you. Look 